0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell. Danny
1: Connell, back to throw,
0: first and and tight Raja Bell. Bell has got 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Connell and Bell. This episode is presented by Loci, our newest sponsor. I'm ready to rock my game day collection bracelet for Florida State when they tip off in the tournament later this week. We'll have more on Loci and a coupon code later in the show. Monster show for you. It is bracket day. The brackets are set. We get to start mm-hmm. filling them out. We got to get to uh, possible tanking in the NFL as the team looks like it might be doing that. Yep. LeBron's body language. It's like, that's what we're getting to in the NBA. We got to break down LeBron's body language. We're going to get to all that. You have an extra shot of like espresso this morning or something. You hurting a little you bit. Fi- no, you were fired up.
1: Like the no. reeds, you were fired up. Like you had an energy. Well, I that- popped
0: up for my Loci right oh, okay, now. Okay, there you go. Uh, no, so I am, do you think you can beat sickness? Mentally? No. Physically? No. Anything? I
1: mean, physically, yeah. There are things you can do to support your immune system that can help you right. beat sickness, but like mentally, no.
0: So Friday, so I'm leaving for Las Vegas yeah. tomorrow night, so I'm all a little right. bit nervous about this. But my daughter has a sc- cold, like mm. scratchy throat, runny nose, all that stuff. So Friday night, get a little tickle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like the get little, little tickle. tickle. So it was a long weekend, too. Bunch of kid stuff. So Saturday, got home. I caddy for my daughter Saturday morning, got home, took a three-hour nap. Yep. I haven't taken over a 30-minute nap in probably 10 years. Three hours i mm-hmm. slept so i was like all right that's got to be kind of good still a little scratchy today i got a little run i'm trying to beat this okay I got you. i'm pounding all I got kind you. of emergencies all this type of stuff yep. so maybe it's some of those drugs like not they're all like just pump up drugs yes like, of course. not, not <laughs> anything prescription some of the, you know um, what i mean all that, immune support all that that you're, that yes stuff so right some of those do give you energy maybe that's that is, why i'm yeah, bouncing yeah. off the walls uh today uh in any case it is tournament time it is march madness sure. the tournament field is set Guess who got three out of the four number one seeds in the tournament? Sunbelt, baby. No, not the, no, sun not belt. the Sunbelt. The <laughs> ACC. Okay. The Atlantic Coast Conference comes in with three number one seeds. It's Duke, obviously. Although they weren't that obvious, I guess. They needed the performance. to yeah. on on back. Yep. Virginia was really obvious. And North Carolina gets the number one seed, too. Gonzaga had the fourth one. I don't have any problem with this whatsoever. <laughs> I mean. You, do you think, who was the biggest... Who has the biggest beef? Is it Tennessee who the committee said, oh, if they would have won the SEC tournament, instead they got beat by Auburn, they would have taken a number one spot? Is there somebody out there that has a legit beef? That's always my question. Like, is there a team more deserving? And if you stack anybody else up against Duke, Virginia, or North Carolina, I would have a real tough time saying, yeah, those teams are better. No, I look, I think that if Tennessee
1: had won, uh, they would have a beef and their argument would probably be, well, you know, UVA didn't win and they got knocked out, but UVA's, Like when you go through the metrics and you do the numbers on like offensive efficiency and all of that, UVA's numbers are off the charts for just about everything. Um, So they're deserving of a number one seed. They put it through all these analytical like scenarios. UVA is a number one seed. I have no beef. Look, the ACC, when you're a young kid um, and you're dreaming of playing college basketball, unless it's like your local team. Most kids dream of playing in, in the ACC. They want to play for a Duke or a Carolina or a team, you know, a team like that. So I really don't have a problem with it. They're the best conference in, in, in America. They deserve the three.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've got depth. They've got title challengers. They've got it all yeah. when it comes down to it. And according to Vegas, the, uh, top four favorites to win are Duke at, uh, nine to four, Gonzaga at five to one, North Carolina at six to one and Virginia 13 to two. So they're the Vegas odds. They support ex- it. Exactly yeah. those top four seeds. Kentucky actually coming in there at 14 to 1, uh, right outside of that. Michigan State, then Tennessee is at 16 to 1 odds to win it all. Uh, do you have any issue? I mean, that's kind of like what people do. I thought it was a little bit boring. The, uh, the whole bracket reveal. I didn't watch it. I, I, I watched some of it, yeah. but I don't think there was any real surprise. Some of the the bubble teams were really weak. Some of the bubble teams that got left out. So it was kind of like, man, you know, NC State was upset. They put out a big press release. They weren't even the number one seed in the NIT. I went to UNC Greensboro. So, like, yeah, you can go ahead. I love when an athletic director makes a public plea. Like, it's not going to do anything. It's just to appease your fans and your boosters. Like, that's the only reason you would put out this formal protest.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, here's the deal. Go out and win the NIT. Like right. that's the best way to support your case for having been in the NCAA tournament. And they're only a, you know, there are only a certain amount of teams that get in somebody that gotta get left out. But if you're that good. Claim an NIT championship, and then you'll have grounds for your argument, right? right. But until then, but even then, it
0: won't change. Anything it won't change anything. But an NIT but point banner, being, you could
1: sit there and then say, "Hey, man, we could have made some noise in that in that tournament." And that's the only way you do it. You get knocked out in round two or three of the NIT tournament. You had no business being in the NCAA's anyway.
0: You know what's more likely to happen because you are distracted and upset is you're going to get knocked out of the NIT tournament because you're too worried about complaining yeah. about the other tournament. We
1: begged, we begged one in. year to get in the NIT. We were I forget, it was my junior year at FIU. We had beat some really good teams. We lost a top 25 college of Charleston in our championship game and we made a plea. Like our athletic director came out, uh, you know, our coach and some of the people in the organization wanted us, you know, to, to, to publicly, uh, beg for the NIT. We did it and they were like, yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we're good. Thanks. That's <laughs> got As a player too, you're like, ah, oh, they're just,
0: all, everything's deflated out of there. I don't, the thing I don't like and it happens every single year because it's the way that you get automatic bids. Is I don't love the conference champions getting an automatic bid because you see it happen a lot of times when the number one seed, who is probably the best team from that conference, they win the regular season conference champion crown, and then in a one game kind of winner takes all scenario, they get bounced and they get on the outside looking in. I I wish that the automatic bid would go to the regular season conference champion. And then it would really, but the problem with that is you would lose a lot of money from the TV contracts. Yeah. Why do you even have the conference tournament? I, I actually like
1: the, the, uh, I'm not saying that it's perfect. Right. Right. Because there are going to be those teams that go, I don't know, 25 and 2 in their regular season and then have one bad night in a conference championship game and they don't get to play in the tournament. I don't know that that's fair to a mid-major team that's got that kind of body of work, but I like, I like I like the tournament vibe. Like yeah. it's a good time of year. I like to pop around on the TV and see all these mid-major conferences and their title games on there that actually mean something, you know? I I enjoy that. And so I, I don't know that it's right and there're always going to be teams that feel like they 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 kind of got screwed in the equation, but uh, but I enjoy it. I don't have a problem with it.
0: I obviously I don't pay as much attention to college basketball, um but I do feel like they all this is what drives me nuts about sports. Whenever and I heard it yesterday on some of the selection shows was, you know, I test, who do you think is better? That's why I do like it pretty clear cut where at least there's these automatic bids where if you win your tournament, you are in. What gets a little bit dicey is when you have some of those teams that have really strong records like UNC Greensboro, who is not a, you know, a power five or an ACC team. They have a really impressive year at 28 and six, but then they miss out in the SOCON final. They lose. And so then they get bounced for a team that may not be as good, but they played against better competition all year. Like it's really a tough, it's a tough, there, there, there is
1: no real correct answer as to how you would determine which one of those teams, are, uh, a middle of the pack record wise power school versus a better record smaller school. Like right. either one wins their conference championship and you got to decide between the two to put them in the
0: NCAA tournament. Usually this is, you see, good. this is what bothers me and this is the way it works a lot in football is that the brands, because they're yeah. bigger, they want them in the tournament. Well, here's the deal. And this
1: is what I was going to say because I went to small schools. Like Boston University and FIU, both small schools, and so you would probably think I would champion for the small school if I had to decide. I am taking the bigger school, right? I am taking more fans coming to the games, and I am taking like a a better, a a a better um, schedule played and potential. Yeah, small. Listen, when I played at a small school, and this isn't every small school. Part of my problem when I got to the next level was acclimating to all of that size that I don't see on a nightly basis. Mm. And yeah, I I could, I I was okay, but when you are not playing against, you know. ACC competition all the time and seeing 6'11", 6'10", 6'9", and two guards that are standing 6'5", and 6'4", and you're rolling in there as as some small, like that's daunting, right? And so I would rather take a swing on a team that was like, you know, run of the mill, kind of above average, that plays that every night because I feel like they'll have more of a success rate in the long run than the smaller school trying to survive.
0: So, I got a pretty good look at Duke. Obviously, everybody's been watching him since Zion came back and, you know, throughout the entire season. I was watching him closely because I was watching, uh, we gave out our lock the other night. <laughs> our locks are 0-2. But, to be fair, I did text our little show group. I did Correct. say Duke was a lock over Florida State. I was trying to put the reverse, you know, Jedi mind trick on him. Yeah. Uh, but Duke ended up uh, beating Florida State uh, for the ACC Championship. They get the number one overall seed. They're a 2-1 to favorite from Vegas. Even with all that being said, <laughs> It's basketball and it's a, it's not a series. It's a one game scenario. If they, they're not good from three point. From, uh, from behind the arc. I think Terrible. They're, ter- they're the worst team in the country. I was not. They're the worst three-point shooting team in the tournament. Uh, not in the country. In the tournament of the 68 teams. But I still think they're beatable. Like and I like, I'll, I actually just filled out my bracket, and I think I have them winning. Uh, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. They get a night when they're cold, and another team get, lights it up from three. Even as great as Zion is, and they're healthy, I still think they're beatable.
1: I'm going to touch on Duke in a second, because I agree with you 100%. UVA, very beatable. Like I mean, very beatable. Florida yeah. State, Florida State just knocked them off. I, like the, you called it I, dude, I, I, before that one. But you but they, they they historically don't fare super well in the tournament, right? right? Very beatable. Um Gonzaga didn't even win. Like St. Mary's knocked them off the other night. That's a beatable. That's a beatable squad. When you're losing, like now that could be an outlier. But but to your point, like all of these number ones, North Carolina, the, all of these teams are, are are beatable. These number ones. I do think Duke winds up winning it, and I picked them too. Oh,
0: and they geez. don't. Now I've got a change. They, I know, right?
1: They don't shoot the three great. They don't. But they're not. Like they're not built to do that. It's kind of like they know how they have to play, and what they have that no one else has in in, in college basketball is Zion. And and I don't even mean his skill set. Like I don't mean like the electrifying dunks that you see, and like you know the the forage the to the rim, and like I, it's not that. He's got this indomitable like will that he he just you know he, he just affects the game. He's not going to lose. Like that last second, like he shoots a shot. Like basically like blew every blew everybody out of the way and then tapped it in like the 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 way he just will not let his team lose is something that is uh that is is unique to college basketball in some regards like you don't you don't see guys that just like physically just impose their will on games and take them over and he's got the ability to do that are and i i think their i i think their mindset is a little different than most freshman teams mindset oh for sure both these guys are pros like cam reddish is a borderline but he's a pro too like these dudes are
0: they're coming in they're coming in with the gas they're ready to go are you changing your mind at all about Zion being better than RJ Barrett no, because every time I watch him, point, every time I watch him shoot a three, I'm like, yep. yeah, Raja's right. But then I saw him like making the full court pass, no. like he, threaded the needle down the lane. I'm like, oh, that was pretty good season. He, sees
1: the he floor is, pretty good. He is fantastic. So I had a house full of like some of my some of my sixth graders were around because we had time in between games, and I heard I overheard them arguing the same thing. And so one of them turned around and asked me about Zion versus R.J. And I was like, look, I R Zion is clearly a better college basketball player than than R.J. Barrett, Um and if I were a general manager, I'm telling you now, I would pick Zion first. I would have to. There's a lot that goes along with the Zion brand. Right. At the end of the day, don't be surprised if RJ has a better pro career than Zion. They're just, their are skill sets that you know will translate. Um, and Zion has to find a lane to play in. I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but I'm saying RJ, I think will be a better pro because he has a, a more defined, uh, uh, skill set for, for what they're going to ask at the pro game.
0: Uh, so it would be fun to watch and see how they do uh, in this tournament. I, both you know I, am going to have to change mine now. They <laughs> on, uh The winner of somebody, North Dakota State and North Carolina Central, I believe, is yeah. HCC, uh, in the the first one. So we'll have to keep an eye on them. If I was doing the bracket and it was kind of a boring year like this where the bubble teams weren't that good, you know what I would look for? Like intriguing storylines. Yeah. yeah. So we've got a couple of them, though. And I don't know if the committee did this on purpose. I doubt it, but I wish they would. Uh, Louisville plays Minnesota. So Rick Patino's son, Richard, coaches Minnesota. Patino has a $38.7 million lawsuit against Louisville for breach of contract that is yes. still pending. Like there's going to be a ton of things, uh, to talk about in this one. I was curious if Pitino would go. It doesn't appear so because he's in Greece. Right. Uh, where he's coaching. Do you want to take a stab at that name? Where is it? Pana, Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos? Panathinaikos. Yeah. You sound like you knew that. Did you know that? I did, yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I'm – <laughs> right, yeah, you, yeah, you're, you're familiar. They were a the potential idea.
1: suitor at one point, so I had to know <laughs> or, Did you ever take a visit? No, no, no. I want to play in Spain.
0: I took a visit to uh Vancouver at yeah. the BC Lions. Yeah, did you? No, and I wasn't going to play. But I was, like, Vancouver, like, yeah, was Vancouver was awesome. awesome. Yeah. It almost <laughs> talked me into playing, but I was <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to do that. That is one storyline that I would like to see play out, although I don't think uh, Patino goes there. You know the other one? LSU plays Yale – and it's not on purpose. I don't even know if anybody notices it, but Yale was at the center of the bribery scandal as somebody yeah. paid, you know, I forget, it was the women's, lacrosse, whatever sport it was, a million point two. So there's part of a scandal. Will Wade obviously is not coaching LSU because of the uh, bribery scandal or the offer that he potentially made. Sure. Uh, one of their players. So neither, they're both kind of, uh, scandal written programs right there. So that's, that's a game for me. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. That, that is, out. that is
1: interesting. I wonder if any of that, like Louisville and Minnesota, you don't, you don't think. What is the percent chance that that factor in? What do you think?
0: Uh, it depends on if there's like if there are any trolls on the selection committee. I mean, like, I, ah, it's, let's mess with them.
1: <laughs> that would totally be. It's kind of interesting though. Not the, the second one, not as much with the scandal right. game, but the, the the Richard Pitino in Minnesota up against Louisville is a really interesting one. I wonder if there was any anything there. I actually think both of these are intriguing matchups too. Like that's a seven ten, and the other one's what a five twelve. Right. Um, I think in both cases the underdogs could potentially win those games. Do you have any strategy?
0: for your brackets absolutely none (laughs) i don't either
1: (laughs) dude i I
0: like (laughs) by the way if you haven't seen it yet go on to uh at cbs sports hq the twitter handle there's a pretty good promo going out for uh you get to see Raja's acting skills Uh, correct you get to see coca's acting skills a lot of people around the office chris hassel has a cameo in there I am fielding calls currently from Hollywood. For, oh. Yeah, they saw it. Did and they, they mistake thought, you
1: as Bradley Cooper?
0: No, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Brad. <laughs> so clearly. Uh, I'm going to start fielding those and go with yeah. the best offer that's out there. Uh, so you can check that out. Make sure you go compete against us, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can find the best odds uh, on Sportsline because if you want to win your bracket, right, there's a no-brainer. Sportsline can help you with office bragging rights. Last year, their optimal bracket finished in the top 5% of CBS Sports brackets and called Villanova winning it all. And their upset bracket called 12 of 18 first round upsets by double digit seeds the past three years. So visit sportsline.com slash brackets for the insight you need to win. Sign up for sportsline using the promo code player and you'll get your first month of sportsline access for just one dollar. Go check it out. Really good info there. Tiger Woods could have used a little balance during the weekend. A little bit all over the place, but overall, and I feel like this is uh, like we repeat ourselves in this discussion, I know he wants to get a win, but I feel like he's exactly where he needs to be. He was 6 for the tournament. Uh, he had Sunday best round of 69. He finished Ooh. in the tie for 30th. I thought his swing looked good. I thought he looks healthy. Uh, you take away the quad that he had on 17. I don't know if you saw that on Friday. It was my thunder, bro. Oh, we were, we were on, we were right, we were watching live. That's right, that's yeah. right. You went berserk yeah. when he did that. If you take away that one, he leaps like into the top, uh, 15 or Correct. top 10. So overall, I think he's right where he needs to be as he kind of keeps dialing in for the Masters. Again, with Tiger Woods, he already, you know, he's got what, 80 tour wins? Yeah. Those aren't what he's trying to get. Obviously he is, but what my point being, he's always wanted to catch Jack in the 18 majors and that to me would officially say all right tiger's back but i think i think he's exactly where he needs to be as far as the majors go i felt
1: like um i'm going to echo what you just said if he doesn't quadruple on day 2 what was that friday yeah um I-, I feel like it's a different round and and i'm not saying he would have won it but i think you know obviously his position would have would have changed dramatically but i think the whole mindset like uh, of of whether he was in the hunt or not i think it becomes a different thing and and I didn't even care whether he was in the hunt or not. I think he came out this week, and you could you could hear by all accounts his focus was on putting. He's working with a new putting instructor. What's the guy's name? Do you remember? I
0: don't. I know he's got the new guy. But he putted
1: well. Yeah. Like, you know, the, when you're looking at Tiger, I, I, the way I look at him is I'm just looking for him to keep addressing the part of his game that he thinks needs the work. And if he's making strides in those categories, I have no doubt that he's going to round into form at some point as he plays more golf and as he gets more tournaments under his belt. Um, if he felt like putting was a thing for him that he needed to address, the fact that he addressed it and he looked really comfortable with the putter this weekend, like I'm fine with that. That quad was, you know, that's the 17th green at Sawgrass. Like it gets a lot of people. It got him. Um, other than that, I think, I think he's positioned well.
0: Yep. Uh, this is the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous. Obviously he pulled out of Bay Hill, Arnold Palmer's, uh, yep. uh invitation because of an issue. Here's his quote. You ready? I don't, you know, this I don't love Dr. Woods. don't do this. I don't love the Dr. Don't Woods do it. comments. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I, I needed that. Here you go. I needed that. Wood said I needed to get that organized. If my back gets tight, it's going to go up the chain. Oh, and geez. so I got to start at ground zero and get my lower back moving properly and get the firing sequence good. And then after the rest of the chain, will take care of itself. Uh, Dr. Woods. Yeah, I, I, I don't love that. Right but you know what? Here's what I'll say. Steve Nash. Huge on
1: all that stuff. Really? Huge on all that. All right. Yes. And I, and I'm real talk. I should put some stock in it because I used to watch Steve train with, um, I forget his name was Rick. Uh, I forget what it, Rick, Rick. uh, It doesn't matter. From Canada. But he'd bring him down and Steve would work on all this one foot, like, core movement.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) And 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 they'd be doing this for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and but no, like it was he had a bad back, right? And for I him, have a bad back.
0: You have a bad back, right? right. Maybe yeah. <laughs> right.
1: no, we done, done, done it. crap, right? But that that was whole, his whole thing, his core, and he could get he could get his core engaged, and he can have all that stuff together. Then the whole kinetic chain would be in order and produce like multiple MVP, like back to back MVPs and all <laughs> right. that. So could yeah. yeah. no, have been you. I could have been you. if you were me. doing <laughs> the
0: Back drill. the thing that drives me nuts about back yeah. issues. Is exactly what you're talking about. It's very tedious and monotonous and time consuming. Right? Like I only have so much time in a day that I can work out. I right. want to sweat. I want to do something I want to lift. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and just focus on core for. Yeah. No, I hear minutes. you. Know. It wastes twenty minutes, but it, obviously it does. It pays it's it's dividends. Minutes. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Miami it's magic. Dolphin. We've read in our thing, is Miami the magic city? Yeah, Miami's the magic city.
1: I thought Orlando was the magic city. A lot of people city. call themselves the magic city. Yeah. I, I, think I think Atlanta might
0: somewhere be. Somewhere in Alabama calls themselves the, <laughs> the magic we'll city. We'll say Miami's the magic yeah, city. Miami's the magic They city. are the magic city. Uh So Ryan Fitzpatrick is the new starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Got off to that fantastic start last year under yep. when James uh, Winston was suspended. Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for over a quarter of the teams in the NFL. Do you realize that? He's played on... Eight different right. teams. It's insane uh you know, the amount of teams he's doing. But he is the definition of a holdover quarterback who can win you some games. He's going to learn the system. It seems like the guys like playing with him. Sure, But he's never going to be your long-term starter. And that's what the Dolphins need because Tyrod Taylor spurned him. Teddy Bridgewater spurned him. And I – well, this is the thing. I was going to say I guarantee you they draft a quarterback. I do think they have to draft a quarterback, but I don't know if they take him with their 13th overall pick now.
1: Yeah, I don't think they address quarterback need this year. I think they I think they're in next year's draft. That like from there so you think they're in for the tank. Yeah, I mean like it says that what's it say here? That Stephen Ross is enamored with Tua Tagovailoa and like that that's what they they're all in for the tank. But here's the deal from Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh like it's 11 million what guaranteed Yep. and with incentives it could be up to 17 to 20 million. It's
0: not going to break the bank. It's
1: perfect. And, and if I play well enough if I play well enough, where they can't get Tua, or even if they get Tua and I played well enough, and they want to shelve Tua for a year, and like, right, I could I could flip this into I don't know like 30. 30. Thirty-five million dollars. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's not a bad look for for Fitzmagic either. Um, and if Fitzmagic Fitzmagic is feast or famine,
0: man, he came back to reality.
1: Yeah, he's gonna look fantastic, and then he's gonna and then it's gonna be like I'm throwing the ball to the other team. So you know, if he's the worst version
0: of himself, and you're the Dolphins, you're fine. I had no idea he fell off that dramatically because it was only two games where he lit it up, and he had or he actually had four. 400 yard passing games, but the interceptions what were, were kind of alarming. Over the first two games, eight touchdowns, one interception. Then over this last final six games that he started, nine touchdowns and eleven interceptions. Granted, the Bucks were bad, but the, the Dolphins are going to be bad too. I find it interesting. You know what? You know what he's not going to have. He's not uh-huh. going to have
1: Deshaun Jackson and and oh, Evans exactly. throw the ball to. No. So like you, you could you could pencil in some more
0: ints probably for Fitzmagic. Yeah, it's going to be pretty bad. If I was see, this is where I think Stephen Roth. Some of these owners get in their own way. And, it, you know, according to Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, it says he has a fascination and wants to make Tua Tagovailoa a priority for next year's draft. I still don't know if Tua's a lock in the NFL. Like, he was exposed a little bit against Clemson. Did right. not look that great. I think you're almost better. The sure thing to me is Trevor Lawrence, but you have to wait another year. So, yeah, if you're thinking, hey, I only have one year, then you're going Tua. It's a good look for Fitzmagic. Yeah, it is Good Look for Fitzmagic, dude Parlay Keep it rolling yeah, for keep that it time rolling So we talked to, We had the story yesterday Or Friday About uh, buying a jersey number mm-hmm. When I had to pay To have number 13 What would you pay For a nickname? Absolutely so could, nothing <laughs> Nothing No, was, I,
1: I, my nicknames do. Come like a dime a dozen I, I, You might have Seven different nicknames If you're in my family Right Minka me.
0: Fitzpatrick uh, uh, Has also been called uh, Fitzmagic So I think they can both do it Maybe they'll have T-shirts made up together It can't be Fitzmagic you can't nah, or, man. Like, you got to have
1: that glorious beard to go with Fitzmagic. There's something that goes like you got to have. I like make a fantastic player, yeah. But there's like a swag that comes with Fitzmagic, right? Like, you saw him at the press conference, yeah. But what if the swag
0: isn't even his own outfit? That was Deshaun Jackson's. I it doesn't it's matter, Jackson. it's, it's the
1: personality to wear someone else's outfit is the actual swag, right? He looks like Connor McGregor, like, he's he's the Fitzmagic guy.
0: What if he comes down here and he shaves the beard and he's just like nerdy, like, Harvard looking? Then out? you're Ryan, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: then we'll call you Ryan. Then you're straight Ryan, then you're Ryan, you don't bro. Get any nickname Whatsoever. They really go Ryan to Ryan. What's that? His name's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Tannehill to Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, they did. The
0: thing that made no sense, zero sense whatsoever for me, was the Titans traded for Ryan Tannehill because everybody and their brother knew Tannehill was going to get cut by the Dolphins. Why did they send anything? And I get it wasn't that much of a deal and they had him restructure so he's more of a backup salary, but you could have not given up anything. Correct. And had him come to your team. Correct. I I guess. There's always in theory the chance that he would have found another situation more attractive, but I just, I did not understand from the Titans does, standpoint of does that why they say, traded. Does him. that say more
1: about, um, the way they feel about Mariota as a quarterback or the way they feel about Mariota's potential health that you go out and
0: get a, a backup? Because, I mean, probably Taylor, did a little bit of both. Right. And it's interesting because I think Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, who were drafted one and two in the same class, are at really crucial points of their career. Where they're both getting picked up, you know, one, they have one more year left on their rookie deals. Yeah. And they have to prove it because neither one of them have been spectacular. They've been okay. Right. And that's not a good place to be if you're a franchise to have a quarterback who's okay. You no, know, who else was okay? Ryan Tannehill. Exactly. He might have been I mean, slightly a little worse. Slightly, I know. slightly worse. And he was way more injured than either one of those two guys. Although True. I do think it's probably a combination. Let's get Tannehill to push Mariota a little bit. Right. But also if he gets hurt, we've got a guy who's who's played a lot of meaningful snaps and mm-hmm. can come in and be a good backup. It'll be interesting to see how the Miami Dolphins fans react to a tanking, uh, philosophy because they're not, Dolphins fans are fair weather like a lot of fans. Yeah. The stadium is not going to be full if they were 500. I wonder how much heat Stephen Ross is going to have to take because you have to be patient and you better and you're like Brian Flores, new hire. How are they going to be if they're two and fourteen or three and thirteen? Here's
1: what I'll say to that: like if
0: Philadelphia
1: 76ers fans can be patient and trust the process, right? And, but they, look and what they,
0: happened to your boy Sam
1: Hinkie though? He got run off. No, I know, know. Like they weren't. Yeah, patient. but ultimately, look where look where look look where they are now. Like you're saying, right? Like you're, right. You're, you're, you're looking pretty like Dolphins. You've experienced what messing around in the in the middle of the pack gets you. It's right. got you the last five years, it's mediocre and in- everything. Like, have a little bit of patience. Like, let's see if if I just want to know if I'm a fan that you have a plan. Like, I, you know, it's kind of the thing I say about like coaches when they come in a locker room. If you're unsure and you don't have a plan, everybody's going to be in panic mode. Guys are going to be looking around like, uh-oh, we got problem. Yep. If you come, in, I say this about Tyron Corbin. Seriously, I say, listen, even if it's not right, just come in and say it authoritatively. Like, say it to the locker room, like, you mean it, and you know you mean it, so they know you mean it. Right. There'll be people that's like, I don't know that that's right. But everybody else will be like, no, nah, he means that. Right. You come in there, and you're like, nah, well, I think I'm not. Now, dog, you're out. People so see right through. Give it. me it. a plan. Right. But right. But you can't if I'm come a out fan. and publicly say
0: you're tanking, though. That's the problem with tanking. We are looking towards the future. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's right. how you do it. Do you think Sam Hankey's out there just bitter? Salty. Six- yes. He Salty. should be, yes. too, because his plan actually worked. They just weren't his patient. Alright, welcome back, Canel and Bell. Uh, so this NBA was in action last night. The Sixers against the Bucks in what could be a preview of the Eastern Conference final. Uh, Joel Embiid versus Giannis was pretty epic. Like, I could take a seven game series of these two going toe to toe for one another. Uh, there was also the Giannis versus Ben Simmons aspect where those guys were getting. Call into that it. boy a baby. Oh, and there was a little little uh, extra adjective, yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, 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 added yeah, into yeah. that one, and then Ben Simmons got him back, mm. although it wasn't as good, right? No, but it was still good. Yeah, it was I still mean, good. The
1: Giannis was was better because he just straight big boyed him, like he went right through his chest and dunked it. But Ben sat on his neck, so that was that's pretty good too.
0: All right, so the Sixers ended up uh, winning the game, one thirty to one twenty five. Joel Embiid had forty, Giannis had fifty two. Uh, going toe-to-toe for it. They each had 14 points in the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, so you talked oh. clutch time to go
1: at it. Hey, man, that was disgusting for a, a seven-footer. Can we roll that back? Is just, there like, any – do we have any pausable, like
0: – No, can't <laughs> do it. Like a DVR? No, effect. all right, my bad. Uh, Giannis coming back through the lane with the left hand. I mean, these dudes were tra- – uh, Look, was, this was, is it, big boy. Uh, yeah. Take yeah. that shoulder. Uh. Backed him down. Called he him. Bent, he did look like a baby. He looked like an eighth-grader. Look how He's yoked bent, up that cat back. is, man. Look at – yeah, he's pretty big. I'm telling just, you. Bo- I like, bodied him
1: down. The last time you saw a dude come into the league with a slighter frame and 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 then just bulk it up like that, that quick was Dwight Howard. Uh,
0: yeah, see, Ben Simmons got the revenge on a rebound like put back, put back. So Giannis didn't really, wasn't aware of where he was. So he got dunked over. Right. They're two different kind of dunks. Both of them nasty in their own. Yeah, for sure. You could talk trash after either one. But the one going down where you're backing a dude down, just imposing your wall. That's will just on him. big boy. That's when yeah. somebody calls you a baby. Exactly. That's what you can do. All right. So these two dudes, probably the future of the NBA. Uh, which one would you take? Which one would you rather have to, for the next 10 years in the NBA? So let me- Joel Embiid or Giannis? I'm gonna qualify it. Okay. Can I, can I kinda like straddle the fence? Are you gonna uh, Alright. Right.
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs> because I have- <laughs> so That's a, a no-brainer. I have a concern with Joel Embiid. Not, not just because he's missed games early in his career, but because I was kinda privy to some of that, like, like the draft workups that they did on him, and apparently there's some real issues there that they could present themselves with his back. And so if I'm factoring that in and you only give me one pick, I'm probably going to take Giannis. Um, Giannis still has room to grow with that jumper and all of that stuff. But if we're talking apples to apples, nobody's going to get hurt. I might take Joel Embiid because he's already more well-rounded offensively than Giannis is. Like he shoots it. He scores on a lot of levels. He can face the basket. He can go back to the basket. He facilitates. Joel Embiid is fantastic. But – because of the health concern,
0: I probably take Giannis. What way would you put on Embiid's like social media flair? And no, like it's you know like it's smart out. Like he seems like a little bit of a smart yeah. Out. Some guys, I think some guys
1: get. Would that bother you at all? No, because no. some guys get consumed by it and they have. Like, here's the deal. If, if, if Westbrook, if he had Westbrook tendencies in terms of engaging all the fans and letting fans get under his skin, and I thought it was a distraction for him, then I, I would put some concern, I w- it would weigh into my decision a little bit. But he seems to like be very, very like confident in that it is all staying on social media. He doesn't let it really factor into his on-court production he doesn't really wind up engaging with a lot of fans and, and getting texts and getting kicked out so I don't think it's a distraction for him at all.
0: I would take Giannis because of the health factor. Like if him being healthy and Joel Embiid have so much uncertainty, I think it would be a no brainer. Like sure. if you were gonna back up two hundred million dollar max contract, yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm betting on the guy yeah. that's been healthy and, yep. and would do that. Not to say that Embiid couldn't have a better career. I'm just not willing to take that risk if I'm a team. and
1: I mean like Joel's awesome but Giannis's team is number one in the East right now. Right. Like he, they're sitting ahead of Joel's team. Um their numbers are are you know he's a seven footer in his own right, he's 6'11". They're just different styles, you know? I still feel
0: like, not not sleeping on, but I feel like we're overlooking the Celtics. Uh, they're still the third favorite uh, in the Eastern Conference from Vegas, ahead of the 76ers. Because they had all their drama, I think a lot of people wrote them off and were like, ah, this team has issues. But as long as they get right and they start winning, like, they can get as hot as anybody. If
1: Richard Hamilton and them, like, disagreed with me and wrote me off when I said this a few weeks ago, if they figure it out and they're playing well, the Celtics are a very dangerous team in the playoffs. Like, but if, ifs was a fifth, we'd all be drunk, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I like right. to say that. Like, that, like right. there's no guarantee that that would happen. But yes, if they figure it out, they're sharing the ball, they're defending, and that offense is, is, uh, is firing on all cylinders, they're very, very dangerous. Big blow to, um, Milwaukee though. Malcolm Brogdon, I think they lose him for, what was it, like four to six or, you know, four to eight. Does anybody in the back know exactly how long he's out? I like, don't know. He's a big piece of what they do. He's one of those guys that you really can't, like, not going to do anything at a star level, but does everything at a really, really valuable level. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys are really essential to what you do in the playoffs.
0: Uh, the Knicks and Lakers were also in action, and it keeps getting worse. And it's what we do now. It's the LeBron effect. And when you're LeBron, you're going to get criticized for every little thing you yeah. do. So, Clyde Frazier is calling the game for the Knicks from their, uh, their home broadcast. LeBron goes over at the end of the bench during a timeout. There was clearly separation. There was a team huddle that was taking place. Clyde Frazier doesn't like it. He said, this type of behavior, when you're the face of the NBA, you should be more a part of your team, folks. No matter what is going on in the public, you got to be part of the team. Maybe in the locker room you're not, but you have to exude that type of togetherness in public. And right now we see he doesn't really care. Um, Agree or disagree with? I think that it's it's
1: easy for people to take shots at LeBron right now. And it's easy to point out those little things that LeBron has probably done his whole career. Like if you watch a lot of film of LeBron's timeouts, no matter where he is, he probably has interactions kind of like he did at that Knicks game where, you know, if he's not in the game or it's late in the game or, or, or whatever, like the team might be doing one thing. LeBron might be over there talking to someone. He was talking to Tyson Chandler, right? Yeah. Like there are probably a lot of instances like that. But his teams were winning. Nobody was really talking about him. And now you're kicking while he's down to some degree, right? Like the Lakers aren't playing well. LeBron doesn't look like himself. And it's, it's easy right now. That's low hanging fruit. And so like to some degree, I agree with you, Clyde, but LeBron's always
0: done this. So I really don't really have a huge beef with it. I, it's all about optics, right? Yeah. I think today's player though, and LeBron has been one of the key guys that has stated this. Like, I don't care what anybody thinks. They really no, and, don't, and, and because all the money is in the like the hay is in the barn. Right. They've got all the millions of dollars. So they don't care what people think, and I think that's probably where LeBron is now. I did think it was a fair criticism, but I understand. Like I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like I think it's one of those things where it's the LeBron effect. What he was getting crushed for, what I don't understand at all, because I think it's totally reasonable, is after the game when he got blocked by uh, his Lazonia. own to, to end the game. Yeah. Which was nasty. And it yeah, was yeah, an embarrassing way to go he bolted and i have no problem with that that to me shows me that he's care that he's ticked off that he's mad they just lost and he got blocked he doesn't want to stick around and give pleasantries like w- cuz sometimes we crush guys for looking too friendly and then we're going to be mad at a guy cuz he walks off the court after a game like yeah. i'm not going to do that i think it's it, he's emotional they just lost it was embarrassing he just wants to get the heck out of there
1: yeah look you if you have a responsibility to do the media and you didn't do it like as long as you accept whatever you know the 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 slap on the wrist would be for that
0: I'm fine with that. I'm if talking you... about right on the court. Oh. So he didn't like... even, like, go around and dap up anybody else. and like he didn't No, I don't, give, I don't he care. I don't he just really walked care. off yeah, the court. No, it people salty. were crushing like, What do you him. want? He's, He's salty, bitter. bro. He just lost exactly. the game. Exactly,
1: which I have no problem with whatsoever. Uh, I do think, though, that the Hasonia block, like, you know, it's interesting. Like, you know, he doesn't look like himself, mm-hmm. like LeBron. And it's hard right now because I've always maintained that I don't think he came back 100% healthy after that injury. And that's one of those injuries because I've had groins and adductors you don't typically find your health. You don't play your way into being healthy. If you're dealing with it, it's lingering. The only time it ever really gets 100% is when you can shut down, like get it all the way back to 100%, and then build your leg and core strength back up. So... I think he probably came back at like 90 percent, and at this point, he'd probably be operating like seventy five percent because it just gradually gets worse. Um, it so should so they shut I, him down? I hope it's that. I hope it's not just to where he's not going to beat a lot of people off the bounce anymore because it's a huge part of his game. It's being able to get downhill on guys, and when you can't get that separation getting downhill anymore, you know you're not the same player. You're just not, and it you know it happens to everyone. But then the question is, what do you do to supplement? Like, what part of your game do you add um for the subtraction of that part of your game? And that would be the question for LeBron. If he is going to play this last third of his career or last fourth of his career uh in championship mode, if you can't beat people off the bounce like you used to, what are we going to do now? That's his the question he's
0: got to answer. Wouldn't you shut him down then? Because That's like on the scale of likability with LeBron. That's one of the things I appreciate, that he did try to come back, maybe sure. not 100%, to try to carry them in the playoffs. But now that they're done... I get the minutes restriction, but there's no way to get healthy. You know this better, Nick. I've never had. A I mean, run. he gobbled but, that up. Look oh, at that. Yeah, he's like, close. yeah, that's
1: not fingertips. No, he,
0: he's palming. That. No, that's embarrassing. Yeah. That's why LeBron ran off the court. That they yeah, blew a thirteen or they gave up a thirteen to one run to finish the game. That's why he's running off the court. Uh But I appreciate LeBron came back, but it does make me wonder why they still even yeah, play him at it's all. It's a good question, and what like I think what I the, the part I didn't talk
1: about is that LeBron looks disinterested in it. Right. You know what I mean? And so if I see LeBron out there and I'm wondering if he's healthy and then he's not really like he's competing, but it doesn't look like he's razor sharp mentally out there. You've seen a lot of little things from LeBron and to be fair to LeBron, this might have just been a miscalculation. Yeah, yeah. It, it might not yeah, I mean, have been. It, wrong. Yeah, it might have just been like he wasn't mentally really engaged like he would be uh, when something was really on the line. And in either case, if he's not 100% healthy and you don't think he's like mentally engaged in it right now, it, it probably could be a conversation where like, look, what, what are we doing this for? Like, you know, let's, let's really scale it back. Let's just say that that thing needs, you know, to heal up and let's ride off into free agency. It's, because
0: yeah. I do think what matters the most is next season, obviously, if mm-hmm. you're a Lakers fan. And if you look like your play is starting to taper off, like if you're Anthony Davis, you're watching this and you're thinking, man, is this, is it as attractive? And we've already seen other people, you know, start to, you know, you haven't seen the free agents line up saying, hey, I can't wait to go play with LeBron. So that's why I almost felt like it's, it's your best thing to say, Hey, he was hurt. get him off there and start looking for next year.
1: It's a great point because if you are one of these young dudes, you, you know, you still have the, you still have the, like the, like the, 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 this vision of LeBron, right? Like he's yeah, still every, next yeah, right? generation. But is he? Right. Like right now, you know, that's the question. Is he? And so, you know, from, from purely a pieces to move standpoint, I don't think the Lakers are really in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes anymore. Like, Lonzo Ball's injured all the time. Hasn't really given you enough of a sample size to really know if he's really good.
0: Brandon Ingram just underwent this TOS uh, decompression surgery. You saw
1: what it did to Markel Fultz. Like, I'm not touching that. If I'm, if I'm, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, what, what else do you really have to give me? Right. Do you know what I mean? So I don't even think the Lakers are in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. And I don't really know, like, if I was one of these marquee free agents, if LeBron and hitching my cart to that at this point would be, what I wanted to do like right. I, I, I don't have the answer to it, but there's going to be a lot of people out there asking themselves and their in their camp hey man is it really is it really going to be what we think it was is it really going to be what it was four years ago to play with LeBron
0: yep uh, it's definitely gonna be an interesting offseason for the NBA and LeBron as he tries to do a little bit of damage control with the Lakers and their uh, perspective moving forward for sure All right welcome back Kinell and Bell so obviously if you're a bad team in the NBA yep the NBA really is the the league that really started the tanking phenomenon. And your boy saying yeah, we're always cutting edge. Right, right. Like, We're always they're, ahead exactly. of the game. Exactly, ahead of like, the game. What's the, it's not Tank for Zion. What was the, what was the? The road, the road? it was the road. The road. Yeah, to it's Zion. old. Uh, Lauren Hill. <laughs> exactly. Shout out Lauren Hill. <laughs> and my man, Roe Marley. I was
1: gonna Earth say, day, no, <laughs> doubt. <laughs> no
0: doubt. No doubt. You still together? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, dang it. I was because I like Rohan. I like, uh, they're a good Rose couple company. Maybe, maybe they will get back together yeah. one day. Uh, so the Suns Pelicans are obviously, they're on the road design are trying to. They're facing each other, uh, over the weekend on Saturday. They go to overtime. Can you fill me in on some of these details? Because you saw it all. So,
1: yes. The um, Pelicans have the ball up three with six and a half to go. Inbounding it. Uh, Alfred Payton goes to call a timeout. And my man Alvin Gentry runs down and screams, no, don't, don't call a timeout, don't call a timeout. So they take the five-second call. Phoenix gets the ball. They do not foul. Josh Jackson, he knocks down the three free throws. And immediately, immediately, Alvin Gentry, who just told his player not to call the timeout because they didn't have any, Motions for a timeout. They bang him with the tech. They bang him with the tech, and the uh, and the Suns Devin Booker hits two free throws to win the game. So two schools with I got inner conspiracy theorist says Alvin Gentry's a genius, right? They lost that on purpose. Yeah, I think Alvin just had like a brain bug right. part. Like, <laughs> I think did. he just kind of forgot.
0: He said after the game, I thought we had one left. We didn't have one left. That was all on me. I'll take the hit for that one. Or he's the biggest hero in New Orleans right or, now. Or he saved it really the road smart. design. Saved the road design. How many coaches are there reminding him about the number of timeouts? Now,
1: well, in that moment, like he's got this coaches. So fast. But in that moment when they hit that three, he was standing, everyone was sitting, and he just was like this. Right. That's just knee jerk. Like when you've coached in the NBA for yeah, decades, as as yeah. Like you are you are probably you're probably fighting um to convince yourself that you don't have all those timeouts. Because it used to be where you could save timeouts and have five of them. You remember old NBA games? Every time someone scored a bucket down the stretch, timeout. Yeah. And the other team would score a bucket, timeout. Whatever timeout. And they just keep advancing. it. You can't do that anymore. So he probably might have been just back in old Alvin Gentry mode where he had like nine timeouts left.
0: The current lottery odds have the Suns, Cavs, and Knicks as the favorites to potentially land Zion or the number one overall pick at 14%. The Bulls, Hawks, Grizzlies, Mavs, that's kind of the rest of the world. The Pelicans are at 6%. Selfishly, yeah. And I think if you're Adam Silver... There's only one place he needs to go. There is only one place he needs to go, and that's the big apple. That's the way of our baby. Oh, my goodness. Only one spot. That would be fantastic. And then if you paired him with Kyrie and Kevin Knox, who they already got, has been a pretty good rookie, yeah, they all of a sudden could become really relevant. And the NBA, I think, is setting up... I think the NBA is having a rough year, but I think once the Warriors are broken up as a super team, yep. the NBA is just going to, like... Skyrocket, especially when they get Zion in and some of these other young players. The East is exciting again. Yep. Do
1: you do you imagine that that um do you imagine that the Super Team's over this this year? What do you think?
0: Because I think Durant leaves. I think he bounces. I think Clay Thompson returns. But I think that's enough star power. Oh, yeah. I think that so they're going to be good. they'll obviously sure. probably be one of the top favorites in the in the NBA. But once they get Durant out of there, because where's he going to go? Wherever he goes is going to be good. Like what correct. if he goes to New York? With no, him And,
1: and uh, there's already a level of fatigue in Golden
0: State. Once totally. they lose
1: Kevin Durant, they're going to be as vulnerable. I mean, they'll be, they'll be susceptible to being and B.
0: Right. So I think, I think the NBA is setting up really good. This year, not so much. Next year, I think they'll be in monster year. Uh, you love refs, umpires and all that. Nah. Did you happen to see what happened in baseball? Because AJ Hinch was, uh, ejected and suspended for a one game, uh, for one game for a spring training incident with Angel, uh, Hernandez. Which, to me, is like it's supposed to be just like dudes are out there before they go out to play golf. You know, they're just kind of taking it easy, but not so much in spring training. He was He's nice
1: suspended school. for another spring training game? <laughs> I think so. All right. Well, first of all, <laughs> I would. Just I, day off. I really wouldn't care less if I was like it's
0: not really coming out of my paycheck at that point, so I don't care. I love um, that Hinch afterwards didn't hold back. He said he gets four wrong a game about his strike saw. He is a polarizing umpire that has taken a lot of heat, a lot of criticism. The, and hinch yelled at him uh during the game he said you've used all four of your bad calls. So look, when you're yeah, look when you're showing
1: good. I've always said this, when you're showing a ref up and you're out there in his space and yelling and screaming on him, I don't have a problem with the ref tossing you or the ump. Right. Like you've then showed him up. I have a problem with the ones where refs could very easily like like disengage and walk away, or someone hasn't made a big show out of it, and they feel like it's their job to police the game to some degree, and they want to kick you out. That those are the ones that I take exception with. But I still don't understand. And this is like I know I'm going to upset baseball purists if any of them watch our show. Why the hell is that not a a, a computer simulated thing right now? Why can't I am that? A fan why can't of, I am be fan balls of and strikes?
0: I like it because I feel like it's part of the artistry of the game. Let them this do it. Nuance. No, dude. Listen. Right here in my ear, right? You get a a a,
1: a ping for a strike or a, or no, or a ball, then, no. and you can still be the. No,
0: hey! No, hey! No. Not, no, you am not do whatever not, you want. I didn't mean it from a drama. Like let them do their calls. Yeah. I meant some umpires have a different strike zone and that's part nah. of the game. Like You have to figure nah. it out. As a pitcher, nah. you might be able to get a clue just outside the plate. Well, I'm
1: you know? putting it in the envelope. I'm putting it with the lead pipe in this conservatory. No, no it should I be like the same.
0: That. I like that there's a little nuance. I the, love The it. baskets change in every arena you go in. <laughs> no. What, they're dead spots on different backboards no, so you don't know but, how to shoot the glass? But you know some refs call a different game. Some guys will let you be a little more physical. Some guys won't. Football. You have some guys let PI go a little bit. Some of them call a really tight game. You have to figure it out. That's part of your like process. This is
1: one of those I things. love it. I, no, dude, it's a strike zone. If they can show me <laughs> when I'm watching playoff baseball, I hate the case. If they can show me the animated thing where that ball slides and it catches the corner, I hate it should that. be he can still do it.
0: All right, I have a Whatever question. Wants to do. I have a question to ask you about Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He got a 16th technical foul. Uh, so from now on, if he gets another one. He's going to get suspended a game for every tech. If you're a team that's facing him, do you have a guy that's designated to get in his head and try to draw a technical? <sighs> or why wouldn't you would be my thing? Cause I think you should. I mean, at this point, cause you're a fraternity and you don't want to see your brother lose any more money. Yeah.
1: You know what but I if mean? If you're an
0: opposing coach, it's the playoffs. Playoffs are different. Like, playoffs, all bets are off. you are going to butcher Playoffs, listen.
1: I don't wish for anybody to get hurt,
0: but if somebody gets hurt in the playoffs, you ain't feeling bad for him. Like regular <laughs> season, you might. Right. Um, that's the thing about me where I love Russ, but that wasn't very smart for him to get his 16-tech with this many games left in the regular season because now he's going to have to watch every single move he makes. Right. He can't play with the same pass. You your, you're up against the wall now, and you're in the middle of a, like a hunt. They're still hunting
1: for a seeding there in the Western Conference. So he's got to be smarter about that and again like look i used to get a lot of text so i'm not judging um, but there's too much li- like riding on his
0: shoulders for him to be you know missing games down the street yep. get your brackets in get them filled out join our group at Canel and bell we'll beat you